Welcome to another edition of Art Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Today I'll be joined by my co-host, Aaron. We're talking to Stephen Lee. Stephen Lee is a hypnotherapist who works with creative people. Definitely stick around for this interview. It's fascinating. There's going to be a 30-second sponsor message, and then we'll get right to our interview, so don't go anywhere. Welcome to another edition of Art Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm here with my co-host, Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? I'm just great. How are you? T- how are you? T- I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I catch you off guard? <laughs> it's good, Aaron. You're like, I what? <laughs> you know we're recording, right? I had some chocolate, okay? So it made, oh, made me a little weird. A little weird? You know me and chocolate. A little weirder than usual? Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like your hair like that. Your hair looks cute. Oh, I just stuck my finger. I just stuck, what? I stuck, I just what? stuck what? both. I just stuck both fingers in the light socket this time. Okay, <laughs> very good, honey. All right, it's gonna be an interesting show today, right? <laughs> okay, have been um, getting some nice messages from people who have been listening to various episodes. Another person uh, messaged me yesterday and said they started listening and listened to every episode of our, our show while they were at work. So I, oh, pre- wow. I, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. If you haven't heard past episodes, uh, we interviewed Adrian Tafoya in our last show. He's a uh, actor, 35 years in the industry. Um, before that, it was uh, Matina Agio, uh, Diesel Ramos, he's a power lifter and an actor. So go back and listen to those episodes. Those are great episodes. Today we're talking to Stephen Lee, who I've known for many years. I haven't seen him in person in many years, but thanks to social media, we were able to reconnect. And uh, Stephen is a hypnotherapist. And so we're going to, we should have him on the line. You with us, Stephen? I sure am. Thanks for having me here. Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Hello to both of you. Hi, Aaron. Hi, sweet. We're going to fold that chocolate reference you made into the presentation (laughs) today. Watch how this works. (laughs) <laughs> Steven's used to using Zoom and all that, but he does uh, he, he does um, uh, work with, he does his work, I should say, with uh, Aaron Stop <laughs> trying to talk. <laughs> Aaron's waving her hand around. Anyway, um, he does his work with uh, hypnotherapy. And Stephen, as I understand it now, you work with, with anyone, but we had talked about working with creative people in relation to hypnotherapy. Is that a, a part of what you do or is it pretty much just anyone and everyone who needs help with with uh, yes and yes and because i have an art background and i have a creative background i was an illustrator and still am an illustrator um, i tend to work with people who are creative and uh, actors uh and 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 artists and writers writers who are not sure of their talents and are looking to change and, and you know covid covid's making everybody rethink everything yeah boy is that for sure yeah yeah so that's you know i've had a big influx of you know uh so you know a lot of stress created by uh children at home that's that's a big one that's just right. so, mm-hmm. all around the country and so uh so it's a pretty mixed bag but it's weighted towards the creative yes mm-hmm. um now when when we say hypnotherapy obviously um it paints a picture in people's minds of someone on stage hypnotizing people and making them, you know, flap their arms around like a chicken or whatever it is. So on, 
when we talk about hypnotherapy in relation to what you're doing, uh, because I noticed that you have uh, certificates as a practitioner in NLP and um, oh wow, you have neuro linguistic programming, awesome. Yeah, and you have um, you have certificates that really focus on specific things like immune disorders and all that. So, have you done that type of hypnotherapy <clears throat> where you can alter someone's behavior, or is it more a therapeutic type of a thing? That's a really good, and it hits at the center of what I, I really, you know, my degree is in, in from, from HMI college is in hypnotherapy, and I, I really don't like to use that term therapy because I'm not a therapist. I'm a hypno operator, mm. and if there's three things I want to be able to help you and your client and your, uh, your listeners understand is the difference between heterohypnosis, autohypnosis, that's when you hypnotize yourself. Ooh. And uh, I also want to fold sugar. It's sugar is a big part of what I deal with every day in clients. Okay. So hypnosis, what you're talking about is stage hypnosis, which is to what I do, what the circus is to an off-Broadway show. Uh, it's, uh, I do edge on therapy, but what I do is listen to you and listen to the key words. And listen for the words. Now, so therapy in terms of getting down Ooh. to your main issues, no. What I help you do is find out where your resistance is, give it a face, give it a name, find out the words that you can use to get through it. For instance, if you have a block on writing a book or a screenplay, why you have the block? That's what yeah. I would work on. Awesome. I don't really care what your childhood, although we will uncover some of that stuff. Uh, uh, hypnotherapy is closer to cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm, I'm really concerned with what's happening right now, right here. Interesting. I've only hypnotized myself once. It was when I was getting married. Yes. Well, that's an awesome. Yes, you were. Yeah. And, but I will take, you know, I just fact, punched Dan. Yeah, but, but you I know, have become a, I've become a man abuser. So, so let's, so let's, let's take that. Let's riff off that because it's this central. What was happening then is you were overloaded. Interesting. That's what hypnosis is. It's in the, it's a state of hyper-focus when so much information is coming in, your brain just says, I, 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 I can't deal with this. Bye. And out you go. Interesting. You're not really out. If you were anything like you were just staring at this beautiful creature at the end of the aisle thinking, I get to marry that. Well, and everything there was else, that. <laughs> everything else fell away. The music, my sister, mom and dad, the crowd. That's what I was. And I was in that same state. But you're also mm. in a hypnosis when you're driving down the freeway and you realize you just pass you off. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, there, there are those times when I'm in a daze. I'm like, why am I still driving? I should have got I should have exited the freeway two, two exits ago. Two exits yeah. ago. Right, yeah. right. And most creative people are easily, easily overwhelmed because we're noticing and thinking about and paying attention to so much little details. When I was a kid, I mean, the, the uh, teachers would always say, you know, you have so much potential. And it was because, you know, I was, if I was in math class and I'm, I'm doing division, to, to someone with my mind, this is, this goes beyond boring. This becomes punishment. And so, so I was, I was looking out the window of the class, studying a leaf on a tree absolutely a leaf, and i was drawing the veins of the leaf and the teacher came by and said and she my paperwork was sitting there and none of the work had been done she wrote an f on it and circled it and she said you have so much potential you could do so much more with your life if you would just pay attention and focus and i'm sitting there drawing a f detailed leaf wow. with 
<laughs> with the veins of the lead and it's uh you know it, and i was what like eight nine years old or something you the know the thing so. is is they don't teach they they teachers come out with degrees but they don't teach the teachers how to teach how to they don't teach the teachers how to teach the kids how to learn and the, so you've you've got so the teachers themselves are like children yeah there is some the montessori schools are a little different than that i and love there them is this there's 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 this big idea that one of the things that i'm really excited about hypnosis is once i begin to understand what it is this is what they should be teaching absolutely kids in the third and fourth grade how to focus how to defocus how to set goals how to how to use positive self-talk instead yeah. of instead of negative self-talk, which is what we all use, and that's self-hypnosis. That yeah. is self Amen. <laughs> well, if somebody had said to me, you know, I understand you're daydreaming, I understand why you're daydreaming, but if if I can have five minutes of your time and let's just think about math for five minutes, and they just sat there with me and worked with me, would have been a whole different ballgame. But in 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 the South in the 60s and 70s, it was tough love basically was the tough kind love, of, right. you know, there was, there were paddles in the classrooms and, you know, and, and if you didn't do the work, you were punished. And, you know, it was just, it was just the wrong system for somebody like me, you know? So, right. Uh, right. Now, and some people respond to it, but like, and this is why it's an interesting thing for me to talk with you and your guests and your, uh, uh, your audience, because we, the creative people, the artists, the singers, the dancers, a lot of times we have to learn by moving, get up and dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to we have to learn by doing something completely different. We have to watch or we have to be hands on. We learn and we learn really well. We learn really quickly, but yeah. not by sitting down and doing it one, two, three, you know, in, in a sequential motion. That some people are very good at that. I am not. I would be like you, staring at the leaves out there. Oh my God, look at the veins on that leaf. Look at the colors. And so they call the people so they call people like us and um ADHD and they stick us on a bunch of drugs and they take us on the drugs. Right. Exactly. Right. And, or we put ourselves on drugs and that's where the alcoholism and, and sugar comes into. And the, so the, the thing, the thing that I want to, I want to draw in, interest to uh, draw attention to it, to your clients is the, the difference between heterohypnosis is when I'm working with you, what I'm doing is I'm listening to you and I'm overloading you. I'm asking you question after question, interrupting when you answer and getting your brain to where you're like getting into a, a, a you know, I'm overloaded. It's like talking uh, to my wife, you're saying. Uh, well, but that's what we do. What we do with, with in relationships is- I'm we, not laughing. Uh, no, she wouldn't be. And the thing is that both of you are going to develop habits of communication. Most That's head most <laughs> communication and most of what we call thinking are simply habits. They're rehearsals. That's true. Yeah. We rehearse what we say. How many times, how many of you have had an argument and then you think in your head over and over and over again the rest of the day what you should have said, what I could have said, what I might have said. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm like five years later, I'm thinking of the perfect thing. Well, women, women are better. Women are better at bringing it up five years later than I think men are, but uh, <laughs> they're also better at remembering and that's physiological. <laughs> when Erin says ding, it means she's flipping me off. So she just flipped me off like eight times. <laughs> so, um, you know, your audience, what did you think? What do you think they want to know about hypnosis? Well, I, I got to ask you because I saw, um, therapeutic imagery training. I, I want to hear about this imagery training. How does that work? Okay, great. Everything I do, illustration, art, hypnosis, it's all about, even when I write, it's all about imagery. And what I love about hypnosis, it's about drawing out the image for instance. 
when you have a difficult relationship with somebody, a publisher or another artist, somebody in the gallery that you're in conflict with, or your wife or an employer, drawing an image, asking you to get back to that moment of conflict, and then visualizing the image of that person oh, wow. in your head. So let's play a little game right now. Everybody, everybody has somebody you're in conflict with. There's always somebody, a neighbor or somebody like that. If you just sit and take a deep breath and open your mind a little bit, take a deep breath. Deep breathing is very, very, very important to everything. And get yourself back into that moment and think of that moment. And then just picture on the face and use the face and get it big, get it real big. And just pretend and see or visualize as though that face is floating in front of you, right in front of you, a big head like the Wizard of Oz, that big green face. See that person, your mother, your coworker, your boss, whatever it is, see that head, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it smaller, make it smaller. We use imagery in a method like this to help you realize you are creating it in your brain. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting. And as I do this, it's a kind of a desensitization. As we do this sitting after I've talked with you a bit and I know who this person is and I know the key words about the incident that I can use. I've already overloaded you and I've got you relaxed and you're sitting in the chair and your eyes are closed. I tell you to bring them closer, bring them closer. Man, push them away, push them away all the way on the other side of the room. He's out through the wall. You can see him. And I change and I give it Mickey Mouse voice and I give big, deep, booming voice. And we change the modalities, adding feeling, sound, and any other emotions and then changing it. Now imagine the color of the face it, changing. It's really interesting wow. that the wow. parallels I used to, I ran an acting class for years and there's some interesting parallels in what you're saying to what we used to do with some exercises. So it's really interesting. I mean, the, your terminology is different and I like this idea of, of visualizing something and then controlling the, uh, how you visualize it you know that's interesting to me so um right. I also... well that would be an important thing of acting wouldn't it you would imagine yourself in a scene or a situation imagine <clears throat> yourself in character well mm -hmm. here so so for anybody who's a method actor who's listening versus uh sense memory actor you know method acting um i, I my coach for for a number of years this is decades ago but it was uh, ned mandarino he's the same person that trained john malkovich and so what he would do is he would say, okay, close your eyes. And he said, I want you to visualize a metal ball bearing inside your body. And it's inside your, it's in your back. Cause the scene calls for the, for the actor to act out some sort of problem they're having and it's in their back. And he said, now what I want you to do, he said, every time that steel ball moves around in there, you feel it. it it's not comfortable because it's moving through your muscles and your bones and moving around in your back and i want to see that visually and so the actor would then just with his eyes closed act out the idea that a metal ball is moving around in his back but if you add the dialogue to it and then film it on a camera now you have an oscar-winning actor you know so uh, and and yet there's a difference between an acting class and and then being in 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 actual life where you have to bring i can imagine Stephen, that you'd have to bring this kind of visualization into your moment with an actual situation yeah and and with some care depending and on what the would motivate of, what would motivate you to remember to do that you right know? Or, or or at least 
uh, at some point you have to approach that very carefully. If it's a traumatic experience, what you have to do is come up to it very carefully in stages and desensitize it. This is how I help people get over the fear of flying. An actress, for instance, that I work with, um, you'd never know by looking at her, but she was terrified of flying. And what we would do is very carefully take her, okay, now you're going to get ready to go. And she would start getting nervous. And we'd go, okay, get back to a calm space. Mm. And then and then take her by stages all the way, all the way up to the airport, all the way then to the, and over a period of weeks, desensitize her to this anxiety, but also help her understand that she was basically, well, and this great. is an important thing, if I can say anything to your audience at all, whatever is in your mind is going to be amplified by what you eat. Food is fuel. Carbohydrates oh, wow. are rich fuel. If you tend to be depressed and you have chocolate, you're going to be more depressed the next yeah. day as your blood sugars drop from that big high. Yeah. If you have, and the idea, the understanding that bread is sugar, fat and oils are sugar. Oh, yeah. Everything is sugar to understand that what you eat is going to amplify what you think. Oh. So if you're worried about the interview, if you've got an audition coming up, and you have a big carb heavy meal the next day, you're going to be terrified that next morning or the previous day, you're going to be terrified the next morning because mm -hmm. you're, it's normal to be nervous. Right. Well, let me ask, let me ask you but a question. Ample, ample, so what you're saying is the sugar content or, or aspect uh, amplifies. Amplifies. Amplified. It's food is fuel. That's well, let, me, let me ask you a question. Um, so in my case, like if my mom, who's bless her heart in her eighties now, she's doing great. But uh, if she's watching a film or a TV show and someone is dangling off the side of a building, her hands and her feet start sweating. Yes. And I, if I'm watching a movie, like I was watching some videos the other day of these guys doing crazy stunts and all this kind of stuff from these uh, guys that jump off of cliffs and, uh, uh, you know, the paramotor guys, parachute guys, whatever. And, and so I'm watching all of these harrowing things that these people are doing. My hands are sweating and my feet are sweating. And I'm, get to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to watch this. And if anybody ever says to me, would you go skydiving? It's always no way. I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. So, <laughs> so my question, my question is, do you look at where this originates from? In other words, do you look at what starts all of this or do you just find a way to remove it? Or how, how do you deal with something like what I'm describing? Well, what you're describing is actually quite normal for about 60% of the population and not normal for about 40%, something like that. I was going to ask Aaron, Aaron, do you have the same feeling? Do you, do you when you watch a stuntman drop from jump off a second story? Do you feel the, the impact in your feet? No, I'm yeah, a, say, okay, I'm, actually, I'm actually now, a, I'm me, actually a grip in the film okay. industry, and okay. I walk I, I walk I beams fifty feet high. <laughs> the theory of that my school puts forward is something called emotional and physical. He, the guy that came up with this, Dr. Kappas, regrets naming it that. He said it was the 70s. What are you going to do? But he, he was trying to come up with uh, theories about why, why this wives' tale that some people are hypnotizable and some people are not. It is oh, a wives' tale. Everybody oh, is hypnotizable. You have a hypnosis mechanism in your brain. Hmm. So, so, but some people are a little more disconnected from some. So I can oversimplify. It. Some people think their feelings. Other people feel their thinking. Oh, that's when the, I think that 
are you saying i'm saying isn't that when what they say when there's some people that are more kinesthetic some people are more feeling right brain left brain blah 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 all that yeah stuff. but yeah it's not left brain yeah but <laughs> it's in that area it's not left or right brain it's that so it's a it's more like a white like some people are wired to feel for instance dan from what he just said, I would just go out on a limb and call him what we call a physical, which means I could say, Dan, your eyes are getting heavier and heavier and heavier. You're becoming more relaxed. I'm going to do this completely on because I could put him by just saying, you yeah. feel, and he would go, yeah, I do. Yeah. Or Aaron, I'm going to guess that if I said that to you, some part of your brain was saying, no, I don't. You're going <laughs> to question it deep inside. And why I'm saying this is because it's natural for those of us in relationships to attract the opposite. And mm. if you think of the emotional as sort of the opposite of the physical. So by Dan saying, I get sweaty when I think of my, you know, I'm saying, I'll bet you Aaron doesn't feel that way. And that, that, <laughs> that's the case, isn't it? Yeah, it's, interesting. It's, yeah. It's, it's neither good or bad. You need, you, it's like the positive, what side of the battery is better, the positive or the negative? You need them both. Mm, interesting. Uh, and, before, and it, this is not gender, by the way. It's not left and right brain. It's, it's a very interesting thing. Well, isn't there a thing called semantic realignment where, you know, um, like um, women have access to both sides of the brain at the same time, whereas it's said that men do not, uh, most men are born um, right-handed, which means they're left-lobed intellect, which means that um, when man and women, when the man and woman are together <clears throat> uh, romantically, uh, if a man is right-handed, she can't talk with him because he won't be able to perform. <laughs> well, what if they just don't want to talk at all and they just want to do other stuff? <laughs> Dan, well, then then they can do that. But I'm, but I'm just saying with that kind I'm of gonna offer you, I'm thinking I'm going to offer you guys a whole bunch of free sessions. Well, they say if a guy is left-handed, he has the same, he has access, just like a woman, he has access to both sides of the brain. He has a, a larger corpus callosum than you know, like a woman does. That doesn't mean he's gay. It just means that he can think and feel at the same time. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, that might, that's kind of moving into another area. But what I'm talking about basically is a, is a theory put out by a school that a lot of psychologists would just call it uh, pseudoscience or junk science. But the idea is in hypnotic, in the terms of hypnotic, how I come at suggestions, for instance, how I would talk to, Don, to Dan as I get him into the relaxed state would be much more directly. You know, mm -hmm. you're feeling, your hands are feeling, notice the way you, notice the tingling in your hands. Now, even as I said that, I know from what the little I know about Dan, that his mind went right down into his hands. It did. Yeah, it did, right. And if I say that to Aaron, Aaron. I felt a gun in my hands. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, kidding. See, no, yeah. See. But you're thinking, he's right, you're thinking. You're going, you're going inferred. <laughs> you're, you're you're actually either going to say no i don't or you're going to wonder why i'm saying this to you and so in order to talk to you in hypnosis i have to say things less directly like the mm. hands not your mm. hands your hands are feeling you're going to go no. i'm left-handed and i'm a, and I'm a, i am an aquarian so <laughs> but i'll tell you something though that terminology fits because the way she operates and the way she talks and the way she thinks that fits and yeah, it does it, it and it does not fit with me because i actually we actually get into conflicts over terminology yeah and i'll so, bet you one of the things you say to her a lot is how come you don't feel this way well that's exactly thank you yeah and uh, she won't be and i'll tell you why dan you want to know why 
Why is that? Yeah, right. <laughs> because she doesn't. That makes sense. Um, I want to ask you, because we're running out of time, <laughs> I want to ask you real quick, because for anybody out there who's creative, if you're trying to draw a drawing, you're trying to get out on stage, you're trying to play your guitar, doesn't matter what you're trying to do. If you have um, chronic back pain or I had sciatic nerves so bad for a couple of years that they put me all the way up to morphine, you know, so um, and luckily I found ways to, to get rid of all of that. But but my question to you is I noticed that you you mentioned pain management and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, when, if anybody's ever had, you know, like I have L4, L5 problem, if you've ever had sciatic nerve the way I did, it's, it's so excruciating. I'm just curious, how do you hypnotize? How can you hypnotize someone to deal with something like that? Ah, that's a good question. Well, I'll give you a free section. You can find out. You set that up later. The understanding is, number one, go to a doctor and find out because it, it might be something physical that needs to be operated on. Always, always check a medication. The other thing is start watching the amount of carbohydrates you're eating. Your food is fuel. If you're if you're in pain, you're going to just fuel the pain. So mm. the third thing is then we, we go into a state of relaxation and breathing and deep breathing and then start to dissociate, to use any one of a number of techniques to dissociate so that you can, for instance, float up by the ceiling and imagine, just imagine or pretend anything is possible in the mind. Anything is possible in the imagination and everything starts in the imagination. Imagine yourself up by the ceiling and looking down and then we use the visualization technique. This is just one way. Oh, imagine, you're kind of imagine that, imagine that pain. What does it look like? Who's talking to you? Where is that pain coming? Where is it in the body? What color is right. it? How big well, is it? Yeah, I will say this, that anybody who's experienced what I'm talking about, mentally, you do start finding ways to deal with it mentally, because, right. because if you're, if you're having to go to work, for example, I had to go to a job and, and we're, we're almost out of time, but I had a job one time where I was in just, just agony and I had to pretend that it's one of my best acting jobs. I had to pretend I was fine. And if you have a meeting with a whole bunch of people and all this kind of thing, so if there was a way to, if I had had a way to deal with that, um, other than, cause you can't take morphine and go to work, you know, you have to, so, so it was a real tough time, but, um, uh, I think that anybody who's listening also too, we forgot to do what we always do. And that's to share your web address with our audience right out of the gate. So they can check out your website while they're listening to this. But, um, anyone that wants to get a hold of Steven, it's Steven Lee and it's not PH it's V. So S T E V E N Lee. And then there's a dash and then it's hypnotherapy.com. But to be honest with you, I went on Google and put in Stephen Lee, hypno hypnotherapist or hip hip whatever different terminologies. And I found your website a couple of different ways. So you're, you're easy to find online for, uh, and also too, I'll list it in our description. And uh, we have a website, artworkpodcast.com, where I'm going to add your content. I need to update the site. It's, it's been a couple of like about a week or so, but um, so we'll get, we'll make sure that people can get a hold of you. Cause to be honest with you, uh we're already out of time and i feel like we barely scratched the surface so, just barely yeah, uh, yeah so I, I was, um, if i just wanted to mention sorry go ahead yeah. go ahead i just wanted to mention something which you've already actually answered most of this my question would be do you have any anything to say last words to say about when people are going through anxiety uh we're talking this you know this is all about creativity in various different ways, this podcast. And so my question to you would be, what's a really quick, creative way to eliminate, is, is there a quick, creative way to eliminate um, anxiety, 
uh, and fear and depression or whatever it is, uh, angst uh, before like a, a, an audition or before some kind of an interview with a producer or something, whatever it is. Yes. Uh, aside from calling me, you mean um, outside of that l- little plug, <laughs> uh, really, really, really sugar, 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 sugar. This country is eating itself to death. I'm watching, and I mean, carbs, oils, go on a low carb a uh, restricted low a carb restricted diet for two or three days before the thing drink lots of water two or three times of water and yoga those are the three things you know actually uh-huh. breathing water low carbs and and yoga some kind of physical go for a walk clear your brain Most, well that's true physical Most- yeah. yeah, physical stuff. That's a that's a that's actually a cure for trauma. Vanderkalk talks about oh. it eloquently in his book. Uh, yoga is a really good one. Shadow shadow boxing is excellent, uh, huh. and just a walk, nice walk. Lots well, I'll water. give yeah, I'll give everyone a free. I mean, what Stephen does obviously is something you'd have to contact him for and and really spend some quality time with him. But I will give actors out there a quick um, a quick little tip, and that is that when you're going to go on an audition, if you just close your eyes and sit still in one place, let your arms hang down on the sides of a chair and visualize every muscle in your body one at a time. So start with your forehead muscles, your eyelid muscles, but you do them one at a time and you imagine that they're made out of wax and you imagine the wax is melting. And as the wax melts, all your tension goes with it. And um, this is an exercise that takes about 30 minutes and to fully describe the whole thing, it involves tension shooting out of the end of your fingers and and all this kind of thing. But if you're going on an audition or you have a job interview or whatever it is, that uh, is a quick method to get you in a really relaxed state. Because if you can relax muscles one at a time in your body, you'll notice that I have muscles in my shoulder. I have muscles in my finger. I have muscles, you know, so when you start relaxing all these muscles, by the time you get to your interview or your audition, you're a totally different person. So uh, maybe it brings you into the present kind of like that's how we start a hypnotherapy session. That's how you started oh that's interesting because i i was studying uh, at one point i was studying technal han uh, buddhism engaged buddhism and they kind of talk similar similar stuff to getting into the present we all need it i mean you can i've noticed sometimes as a person who's observing themselves from the acting standpoint or just the artist mind or whatever i've noticed that just sitting in a chair watching a tv show or something i'll realize my muscles are kind of tensed up I, i'm not relaxed i'm sitting here tense for no reason and so it could be from the day or whatever but it, I, i'm sure if uh, i were to work with somebody like you you could probably deal with all these well, things well we start that way and then we get into like what aaron mentioned is the nlp visual visualize success visualize yeah. visualize yeah. walking in with the park getting the park walking to the trailer throwing your gym bag down on the trailer floor you've already got and there are the stack of scripts you've, you've already made it visualizing mm. success yeah. so yeah, relaxation, but you know, watch the sugar. Yeah, it sounds like you, Stephen. It sounds like you really have all of this. You know, it seems like uh, when people come to you, they it's you you have the beginning, middle, and end. So it sounds wonderful. Well, I, I will definitely refer people to. I you. mean, just just so you know, it, me personally, because of you mentioned pain, so I found out the hard way that sugar contributes to pain, and so. Absolutely. I monitor my sugar to the point where, you know, Aaron offered me something the other day and I said, how many grams of sugar is in that? And she said, 22 per serving. And so I said, okay, now I'm, and I, she was standing right here, right outside the studio door. And I said, so if you look at my hand, imagine one gram of sugar in my hand, how big is that? Now imagine 22 grams of sugar in my hand. What does that look like? I can't, 
I can't eat that. If I eat that, I'll have a migraine headache. It happens every single time. 80% of pain is anticipation and it's mental anxiety. It's mental anticipation, mental anticipation and food is fuel. So if you're going to overfuel the anticipation machine, what's going to happen? Interesting. It's all about balance, you know? Yeah, and the um, balance and chemistry. Well, listen, yeah. we chemistry. could talk. We could talk to you obviously all day. It's <laughs> yeah. fascinating conversation. But we are out of time. I want to really want to thank you for uh, being a guest on the show. Do you have any final words, uh, Stephen? For oh, just thank you guys. It's been really pleasure, and and I, um, thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk to you. And and uh, the the offer, give you a free session. We'll, we'll I appreciate a free that. session. Wow, I'm I'm in. Well, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Aaron, do you have any final words? Uh, this is, uh, well, g- get as close to creativity as you can. It's a great, um, it's a great tool. It's a great tool to, to uh, operate on this planet. It really is. And thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Of course. So, everyone, uh, artworkpodcast.com. Be sure to tell your friends about this podcast. Anyone who's an actor, singer, dancer, filmmaker, those are the people we've been interviewing. Our next interview coming up is going to be on May 1st with Quentin Lee. Quentin Lee is a film director. And he has all kinds of things going on that he wants to talk about. So uh, uh, that is it for today, everyone. So until next time, we will see you later. 